Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, good evening, football fans. Welcome to the show. 30 minutes of football talk coming up here on 630 Chad, the voice of double E football. As Dave Campbell said a few moments ago, the penultimate episode of the double E coaches show. I looked it up. He's right. That's a fancy word for second to last before the Christmas break. Uh, we're back with Scott uh, next week. Then we'll take a break until uh, February sometime and get back at it again. Should be a lot of football news at that point in the year. Busy day today around the Canadian football league. Uh, back from the NFL, Montreal signed running back William Stanback to a two-year deal. He had a thousand yards back in 2019. I think he was third in rushing in the Canadian football league with the Alouettes in 2019. Went to camp uh, in 2020 with with the Las Vegas Raiders in Saskatchewan, GM Jeremy O'Day and head coach Craig Dickinson both get two-year contract extensions along with Dickinson, OC Jason Moss, DC Jason Shivers get two-year extensions as well. Nothing from the double E as of yet. I'm sure uh, there's stuff on the front burner and uh, hopefully we'll hear some stuff uh, soon from general manager Brock Sunderland. Right now, let's uh, bring in uh, Scott Milanovic and say good evening. Hey, Scott, how are you today? I'm good, Morley. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks very much. Uh, hey, just off topic, I want to ask you, uh, we put in some new restrictions uh, here in uh, in Alberta and in Edmonton uh, for the coronavirus uh, yesterday as far as with some the restaurants and bars and clo- closing and things like that. Uh, what are the restrictions in Florida? I know it's been you've been hit really hard in Florida uh, by the virus and the numbers. We see the numbers all the time rising. What, what's it like in Florida right now with the coronavirus? Uh, are there lots of restrictions in place? Are you able to go out and go anywhere? There, there aren't a ton. No, we, we can we can kind of go out and run around. Florida's a little bit uh, different than most of the states. My, my folks live in Pennsylvania, and they're pretty much on lockdown again. Um, but here in Florida, um, we're just kind of pushing through it. Just, uh, you know, you have to wear a mask when you go out, but uh, restaurants are still open, all that kind of stuff is still open. Eh, that's Florida, right? <laughs> Everything different in Florida, as it seems. <laughs> exactly. um, as we say, so many crazy news stories start with the words, a man in Florida. So uh, I guess that's part of it. Uh, you, you talked about wearing a mask when you go out. Uh, what's your take on coaches wearing masks? I, I would think that when the CFL gets going in, in May and June, that uh, if games go on time, that, that you'll be wearing a mask on the sidelines. Uh, uh, a lot of coaches have gone with different ideas in different ways. I think early in the season, they had a lot of trouble keeping them where they're supposed to be over their face. They had uh, a lot of protected chins out there uh, during the first part of the season, but some heavy fines, I think, corrected that. Uh, have you been watching coaches wearing masks and thinking, man, that's got to be tough? I have. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, I'm hoping that the... Um I'm hoping that the vaccine gets kicked in early enough that we don't have to do it this year, but you're probably right. At least, uh, at least at the beginning, we'll probably have to wear them. I kind of have like the, the sock mask right now. That's the one that I wear, but I don't know how well that's going to stay up in the midst of the game. So I'll have to kind of mess with it and, and work through some trial and error there. Yeah, that's uh, uh, it's it's there were different styles. Uh, the clear visor, Bruce Arians is is wearing that, uh, and uh, he he I don't know how he keeps that thing clean throughout the game. It never seems to be fogging up on him. 
Yeah, Andy Reid's been using that one, or he had used that one a little bit too, and it fogged up on Andy. So yeah. I, I don't think that's the route I would go. Um, I, I think I'll wear a different, you know, mask because it's kind of covering the mouth uh, in some way. I don't think I could deal with that visor. Yeah, uh, it, it looks, uh, you know, when it's clear, it looks all right. But I think it, I think there's be all sorts of issues, especially if you, when you get into the cold weather too, right? It's hard enough wearing a mask with glasses, which I have, which is tough, especially in the cold weather. But, uh, yeah, you couldn't wear that visor during uh, during uh, playoffs or past Labor Day, I don't think, because it'd be steaming up on you pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch the coaches deal with it. Some have had uh, no problems with it. Some have had all sorts of issues uh, with it, keeping it off their chin and everything. It's been, uh, if it wasn't so tragic, it'd be kind of funny to watch him do it but uh, yeah i imagine you'll probably have it when the season uh, kicks in in the canadian football league um uh, dickinson gets a new deal in in saskatchewan uh, today uh i want to start out by asking you about the co- cfl coaching fraternity how active is it does it really exist and have you spent much time this year talking with other coaches around the canadian football league even though there's been no games on yeah it's pretty active um you know, I talked to I talked to Orlando and and Mike O'Shea mostly, but I know all the guys. I'm I know Craig pretty well and Dave. Dave I've known for years. Um, but those are the two guys I kind of stick with, and and uh, you know, there's a bunch of assistants around the league that that I'm close with. But yeah, I mean, I had known. Uh, I actually think Craig had signed out a while back. So good coach. He's a good guy. Uh, he had a great season last year, so it was it was good news to see. You mentioned uh, Steinauer and O'Shea, and I know you're good friends with them. How tough is it to have football conversations? I guess it, it's it's all right during the off season when you're not playing, but during the season, do you talk to them much? And how tough was it to kind of walk right up to the line but not give them anything that can give them an advantage and, and maybe listen to their conversation to try and get some kind of advantage from them when you're playing them? Yeah, there's definitely less of that during a season. Uh, I think there was probably more of it this this, this year and, and this off season just – kind of picking people's brains is, you know, how are you, how are you dealing with this um, pandemic with your team? And, you know, the fact of the delays and, and the ultimate cancelization of the season and all that kind of stuff. So um, just spending a little bit of time to see how they're dealing with it, what kind of things they're going through uh, and then how it relates to, to what we're doing in Edmonton. So it's good to have some sounding boards out there, some guys that are going through the same things, but um yeah, once the once the games kick off for real, I think there will be a lot less of that. It, it's kind of weird to say, but during the pandemic, I've I've noticed in, in listening to, to some coaches in in several sports, be it uh, Chris Morris at the U of A or or yourself on this show and and other coaches in other sports that haven't played, um, and even 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 sports that have played, it's been difficult. But it seems even though you're not coaching games, you're working pretty hard because you you got to do a lot to keep your your guys motivated, uh, keep in contact with them, kind of keep everybody in place, and and keep the balls all all in the air while you're waiting for this whole thing to solve uh, to solve itself you haven't been coaching but coaches i think have been working pretty hard through this pandemic yeah there's always something to do you know when you're when you're going from season to you know off season to free agency you know, like a normal year would be you just lose out on a lot of things um you know that you could be doing as far as research and development and that was one of the nice things about this year was being able to do that i mean and then you're trying to just kind of keep that overall morale positive and the feeling about about our cfl and you know that things are going to work out and that you believe that so there's a lot that's going into it um 
this free agency, I think, is going to be critical uh, around the league and how, how that all sorts down. And, and uh, so, yeah, there's, uh, there's been a lot going on. Uh, there was, uh, uh, I think it was Spencer Moore, uh, fullback in the Canadian Football League, uh, tweeted out today. I am uh, trying to find it right now, but not able to locate it immediately. He talked about the fact that there was so much uh, so much CFL news out today. Uh, here it is. Uh, yeah, from Spencer Moore, uh, who was uh, with uh, he was uh, with the Alouettes. He was used to be with Saskatchewan, uh, Canadian fullback. Uh, he said, the resurgence of some relevant CFL news has me getting my hopes up for 21. We have to find a way to get back on the field. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say, I miss it. Uh, everybody misses the Canadian Football League. It, it is kind of cool to, to, you know, you go to check the computer now and you're seeing teams announcing signings and coaching staffs are getting extensions. Uh, it does kind of seem more normal now, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like a little bit more of a normal offseason, which I guess is, you know, kind of where we're at. And, and uh, hopefully it'll just continue to, to, to keep getting better and, and uh, we can get everybody healthy and start on time and do what we're all paid to do and um it's been a long time it's going to be an important year for for all of us and making the cfl relevant again and, and doing the things that we wanted to do last year uh, you mentioned uh, last week we talked a bit about free agency and the role that you'll play in it, uh, doing some scouting. Uh, I, I understand that's what uh, you and the coaching staff have kind of been uh, been working on last week and this week yeah we've got it kind of set up where um Position coaches are, are scouting their position and then their counterpoints. So like um, like Winston will do receivers and DBs and and Thorpe will do DBs and receivers. So we can get the kind of get two two sets of eyes minimally um, on each guy, and then coordinators and myself will will sift through the people that we like and we don't like, and obviously you know. Brock's going to see them all as well, and uh, so you know by the end of the by the end of the month here, we should have had um, we should have had good eyes on on all the guys that are relevant and see how they fit uh, when the time comes for us in February. We certainly know the quantity is there. I think sixty percent of the league or something like that is a free agent uh, come February the ninth. Uh, is the quality there? Or you've looked to the list, I'm sure, many times. Do you see a lot of guys that say, "Yeah, he's he's going to help. He's going to help a team, whoever signs him." Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of good players out there, and we have we have a number of them ourselves. So um, yeah, every team's got a list, and their starters on that list. Uh, of free agents so um, fitting those guys into your cap and, and putting together your team so it fits under the cap those are all the things that are hard to do I mean it's easy to pick out you know anybody can look at Greg Ellingston and say that's a good receiver I want him but can you fit him can you fit him under your cap and uh, you know that's what that's what Brock gets paid the big bucks for and and uh, we'll spend a lot of time here in the next couple of months making sure we're on it uh the Edmonton football team has, I think it's 47 free agents, and obviously not all of them are going to return, and, and, uh, and some will move on in some capacity, be it uh, not being re-signed or signing with someone else or retiring, whatever the case may be. Uh, but that's a, that's a lot of players. Um, your role, you're going to scout, you're going to recruit, as we talked about uh, last week. Uh, maybe it's a question more for, for general manager Brock Sunderland, and maybe it's a question you're asking him a lot. Uh, have you heard being close to guys? Obviously, the talk conversations are, are well underway uh, between Brock and agents and players uh, who are your own expiring contracts and pending free agents. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how close they are, uh, but I, I know he's been talking to guys. Brock and I 
uh, we had a discussion Saturday and Friday and, and I think even Thursday. And then I met with the coaches um, on the whole free agent thing. And I think that was Wednesday just to get them kind of kind of in the role. So I know the discussions have started. Um, you know, we'd like to be able to announce 20 signings here in the first week. But as long as you get them done by February, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think not necessarily uh, – best thing to do to rush into these things right now so um i think brock's doing a good job he's talking to those agents and and uh, you know we'll get to the bottom of it i think uh, i think it's only montreal has uh, they have one more free agent than edmonton does so uh yeah brock's very busy right now trying to to, to get the contracts of the players he wants to return from the 47 who are free agents and and as you say that's going to go on until february 9th when free agency begins there's a there's a courting period that begins i believe a couple of days before that and then uh february 9th will be uh, free agency day a tuesday in february so we look forward to that uh there will be some player signings between now and then uh, we'll talk more football with the head coach of the edmonton football club scott milanovich when we return Turn on the voice of Double E Football, 630 Chet. Uh, looking for some uh, late Christmas gifts for the football fan in your life? Don't forget to head to the uh, website of the Double E Football team and check out the store. Got some great deals. Uh, I think like up to 60% off I saw on some things in the store. So uh, they got a $5 uh, delivery charge. So you probably could get it before Christmas. Better double check on that. But yeah, uh, some great uh, some great gifts available for the football fan in your life uh, for Christmas, which is one week from Friday. Monday Night Football tonight. The uh, Baltimore Ravens have uh, just got another touchdown from Lamar Jackson. 21-14. They lead the Cleveland Browns as they get set to uh, go to halftime. That game being played in Cleveland. Lamar Jackson's thrown for 53 yards, but he's run for 78 in the game and has a couple of touchdowns. Uh, he is a weapon. There is no doubt about that. We're back with Scott Milanovich on the Double E Coaches Show. Uh, Scott, uh, this is something I've had on my list of things to talk to you since we began the show uh, back in October, and I'm finally getting to it, which is uh, which is kind of neat. It shows you that we have had some football stuff to talk about, but I want to go back early in your career. It was 2001. Uh, you were a member of the XFL Championship LA Extreme, and the only season that the XFL played, or at least finished, uh, the LA Extreme won uh, the championship game. Uh, uh Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Uh, you were one of the quarterbacks with Tommy Maddox, who was the MVP. Uh, was he the MVP of the league or just the championship game, as I recall? Um, I don't remember. Maybe both. He had a really good uh, yeah. year. I think the game for sure. Anyway, uh, first, before we talk a little bit about the championship uh, that you won, tell me about getting to the XFL. Uh, how did you get there, and were you reluctant to go into a startup league like this as a player? <laughs> that was an interesting time in my career. I was... <laughs> I was out of the NFL and I was pretty much, I pretty much knew my career was about to be over. I was kind of, oh, I went through about three or four years where I played in the XFL, played in the arena league, um, kind of sort of played in, in Canada for a minute, but really what I was doing was trying to make enough money while I was cultivating my coaching career and, and trying to get that jump started. So, um, the XFL, you know, it, I'm a little bit of a 
traditionalist in football, so like there was a lot of things that I didn't like about it. With you weren't the a big fan of the kickoff? <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't like all that stuff. Um, but some of that stuff was embarrassing. But the thing that a lot of people don't realize was it was, it was probably the most fun I ever had playing football. And um, once you got past the whole wrestling uh, part of that, it was really first class. Like all of our facilities were good. Our equipment was good. It was done the right way, and um, we were loaded. I mean, that's where I first met Jim Barker. That's actually where my CFL connection began because Jim Barker was the offensive coordinator there, and um, we were a good team. Tommy Maddox was a great quarterback. We, you know, we had uh, uh, Jermaine Copeland was on that team, Darnell McDonald. There was a lot of CFL players and really good football players, so – we had a lot of fun. It was, uh, you know, it was only a 10-week season, so it was short. But uh, my daughter was born out there in, in Long Beach Memorial in, in L.A., so um, it really was a pretty good time. I, I got on the old uh, Google machine today and was, was looking up some stuff. I was surprised at the CFL connections on that team. You mentioned Jermaine Copeland, who I believe was the leading receiver for the extreme that year. Uh, some, some double E content as well. Uh, Jonathan Heimbach was on that team. He spent a year as the offensive line coach here and has been in the CFL for a lot of years. I think he worked for you in Toronto, did he not? Um, also, yeah. Yep. Noel, Pre- Noel Prefontaine was on the team, a, a, a former member of the Edmonton football team as well. He's listed as a kicker slash quarterback on their roster. Bruce Beaton was on the <laughs> practice roster. Uh, that's, I guess that's like you say, that's kind of where you, you met a lot of guys you'd meet later on in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, for sure. I ended up actually coaching uh, pre for a year in, um, in 2012. That was, that was interesting after being his teammate. It was... Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it really was a lot of fun. It was, you know, there's some really, some really good stories. So we flew commercial, um, and um, our general manager was uh, Rich Rich McKay uh, of Atlanta's brother, J.K. McKay, who's uh, you know fairly famous L.A. lawyer. And uh, so we had a game in New York, and and after the games at, at the airports. JK would just, he would just give us his corporate credit card and the whole team would be just sitting in the restaurant having a couple of beers. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And it was a good place to live. I lived in Seal Beach, which is, you know, a little south of Long Beach where we, where we practiced, but um, we had a great team and, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Here's, here's the crazy question, but I got to ask, did you ever meet Vince McMahon? I did. I sure did. I met him too many times, actually. Um, there was early, early, you know, Tommy and I were both married and and early on there was, we had training camp in Las Vegas. So, I mean, that's just, we we were all staying in casinos for training camp and they wanted Tommy and I to do this promo shoot with the cheerleaders in a, in a jacuzzi (laughs) and both Tommy and I were like, no, we're not doing this. And, and, uh, I don't know. It wasn't Vince, but it was one of his people. You have to, it's in your contract. And well, we said, this is a deal breaker for us. So there were some things that we kind of opted out of that, um, didn't want to be a part of. Yeah. Always the marketing man, Vince McMahon. That's for sure. Uh, the other thing I noticed, I, I, I would have never guessed this, the, uh, the sideline reporter for the L.A. Extreme. Do you remember who it was? For the, I think it was for I the don't. radio broadcast. Do you remember? No, I don't. Who was it? Nope. Uh, I read in Wikipedia that it said it was a Super Dave Osborne. 
I don't want to remember that at all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It was probably before he was Super Dave Osborne, I guess. Uh, of course, you also had on the team uh, Bobby Singh, who is the only player in football history to win an XFL championship, an NFL championship, and a Canadian Football League championship. And uh, I don't know how long he'll hold that title because the XFL is coming back, but uh, he's the only guy to do all three right now. Um, did you get a ring that year? I did not get a ring. No. You had that after the season when it was over, and then they. Uh, they shut down the league, I don't know, like the next week. <laughs> if you wanted a ring, you had to pay for it, and I wasn't going to pay for it. So um, I don't. I mean, Tommy got one, though. Well, they yeah. weren't very nice, though. They, were, they weren't They were like the three that I have from the CFL. They looked like they were dime store a little bit. Uh, great. Well, thanks for going down memory lane with us uh, tonight. Maybe next week we'll talk about NFL Europe a little bit because you spent some, I'm sure, some interesting years there uh, as well. Scott, thanks for your time tonight. we got one more show before we take a break uh, for Christmas and through January. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to you one week from tonight on the Double E Coach Show. Thanks, Scott. Have a great week. All right. You too, Marty. Thanks. Scott Milanovic, the head coach of the Double E football team. Some great stories from uh, the, his time with the LA Extreme. He may be on an Extreme team again. That's one of the names that uh, is out there for the new team, a new name for the Edmonton football team. Our thanks to uh, Kellen Kennelly, our studio producer uh, for the Coaches Show tonight. My name's Morley Scott. We'll see you in one week back on the Coaches Show, and I'll also see you tomorrow morning on 6.30 Ched Mornings with Chelsea. Have a great night, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.